Welcome to My Soap Pod Life, the podcast where we lovingly examine the tangled web of mistrust that is My So-Called Life Goes On. We're your hosts, Kate. And Shannon. Can you believe we have already arrived at the penultimate episode? I can't believe it. Oh my gosh, this went so fast. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one more after this and then the book and this season are done. I'm so sad. This has been so fun. It has been. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, Also, as this story wraps up, I would like to know where we see these characters going. Like, listeners, weigh in and let us know where you would like to see these characters go. Because at this point, they're in between sophomore and junior year of high school. So, like, do Angela and Jordan stay together? What grade even is Jordan in? (laughs) (laughs) Is he a junior becoming a senior? He got left back twice. Is he a senior already? He must be a junior becoming a senior. Or he's a double senior. Oh, or he's a double senior. Like he never could get past senior year. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So Because that would make him like like 20. (laughs) For real. That's what I keep saying. Yeah. (laughs) People look at him and think he's like a man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like that, do Angela and Brian ever get together? What of patty cake and graham cracker? These are all things that I would like to, you know, know what our listeners think would be or would happen had the like season continued or the show continued or like the story's been fleshed out a little more so i don't know weigh in let us know we'll post something on instagram at my soapod life uh so you could let us know in the comments what you would have happened to these characters also i mean remember samantha at the photo hut what is she doing (laughs) what is she doing (laughs) what happened to her (laughs) so yeah i don't know i would just like to hear from everybody kind of what they what they would theorize would happen so all right anyway On to chapter 15. Okay. So if you will recall from last week, uh, Rayanne is working at the Super Saver and got harassed by a a customer Mm -hmm. and slapped him and his eyes filled with tears. (laughs) (laughs) So now we're in the manager's office and Rayanne is defending her actions against that gross butt pinching customer. Miss Holly, the uh, manager, defines victim blaming by saying that Rayanne should have diffused the situation and walked away or called the manager for help and says it's Rayanne's fault for not having the, the employee handbook memorized. <sighs> Rayanne points out that Miss Holly is one or is the one who trained her, which included like 15 minutes of training before putting her on the floor to mm-hmm. work. Yeah, it breaks my heart that Rayanne is doing such a good job of fighting for herself here, but it doesn't even matter. And it's just so unjust. I know. And also to think that she's a child, yeah. essentially. She's like 16 yep. and is being put in this position to be like, uh, actually. <laughs> right. And yeah, she's doing a really good job. Better than yep. I think I would do because at that age, you just get easily flustered. You get over emotional. Oh, totally. You don't know how to stand up for yourself. And I don't know. You don't yeah. even have the words. You don't have the vocabulary for the thing that just happened to you. So... Yes. As a grown woman, I would find it hard to be like totally, you know, grounded and like (laughs) have the words in the moment to be like, this is exactly how I should act in this moment. It would definitely just be a gut reaction. And then I would look back in hindsight and be like, dang it, this is what I should have done. Yep. So to put a child Mm -hmm. in the situation or like in the position of being like, well, you're responsible for this and you should have taken care of it and diffused it. It's like, uh, what? Yeah, (laughs) seriously. 
Uh, so she tells Rayanne that she's fired because, quote, the customer is always right and they can't risk a lawsuit, but not before asking Rayanne to sign a confidentiality agreement. My gosh. Yeah. Rayanne doesn't sign, but storms out of the office, hopefully directly to consult an attorney because, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Lawyer up, girl, or run to Patty. Go to yeah. anyone that can help you advocate for yourself because this is unfair and infuriating. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy and sad and i want better for ray <laughs> i know <laughs> my gosh okay so on the way into work sharon feels cramps and is excited that this must mean <laughs> that she's not pregnant Woo! hooray <laughs> the only time anyone is ever excited for cramps <laughs> she runs into rayanne in the employee lounge to tell her that or to tell her the good news. And when Rayanne reveals that she's just been fired, Sharon assumes it's her fault given her track record, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rayanne recounts the entire sexual harassment situation and gets upset that nobody believes her, even Sharon, before leaving. Uh, this makes me sad. <laughs> Sharon tries to dig for more details, but Rayanne can't stay in chat because tonight is opening night of the play, y'all. <laughs> Sharon decides that if Rayanne is telling the truth, she can't stay on at Samson's discount store because, you know, principles. Yeah. And I'm okay with Sharon's little flip-flop waffling here. I don't love that she was so quick to assume that it was all Rayanne's fault. Yeah. Um, just because it is standard Rayanne Graf to be that abrasive and, you know, to the point of getting fired. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm so happy that Sharon ends up believing Rainy in the end. Yeah, because she needs somebody in she her does. corner. She does, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I can't fault Sharon for, yeah. for assuming that because Rayanne has had like four jobs yep. in the past two months or whatever. <laughs> two weeks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a job a day. That's what it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, okay. So now we are at Java Creek, the diarrhea theme cafe. <laughs> um, Ricky approaches the counter to tell Delia that they are out of napkins. Delia asks Ricky if he would ever want to work at the coffee shop since they're short-staffed, and he says maybe. Um, And also this just, like, uh, this is such, like, a, what's the word? Um, Like, a preview into the fantasy that Selena and I had where they become, like, roommates (laughs) and go to college (laughs) together, Ricky and Delia. That would be wonderful. Yeah, like, oh, we started working at the coffee shop together, and then they become best friends and go to college. Like, I just, I want that show. Yeah. Uh, when Ricky comments that she seems really happy, Delia reveals that she started seeing Brian Krakow, but that she'll always have a crush on Ricky. Delia is us. Yes. <laughs> Not the Brian part, but the no. crush on Ricky part. <laughs> Ricky thinks back on all the times that he and Brian hung out dateless, the last single ones in the group, and can't believe Brian has lapped him in the relationship department saying, quote, how could Brian Krakow have a better love life than me? It's like unthinkable. He doesn't even have one good outfit in his closet. Oh, <laughs> <Unquote>. slam! <laughs> That's Ricky. True. That's my boy. <laughs> and while I feel like this dialogue is more the author's than Ricky's, because the Ricky that we know maybe wouldn't be this catty, this feeling is also completely justified. Because honestly, how? Yeah. How has Brian landed somebody before Ricky? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I know that maybe we think that Ricky wouldn't be that catty, but being lonely brings out the pettiness in us all. (laughs) That is true. As Ricky steals himself to go have the talk with Corey, 
who has just sat down at a table. Delia wishes him luck and gives him a knowing glance in Corey's direction, which is super cute. <laughs> As I said, please give us a spinoff where Delia and Ricky become college roommates. Yes. <laughs> Ricky sits down with Corey and says that he has to tell him something that's really hard to say, and he may not want to hear it, but he can't lie to him anymore. Oh, I'm so nervous. I know. It's a big talk. <laughs> Okay, Corey says he knows what it is, and Ricky breathes a sigh of, of relief, but then Corey says, quote, you think my sets for the place suck. Oh. <laughs> <Unquote>. <laughs> Ricky says that's not, that it's not that, and says, you know I'm in love with you, right? Oh. Corey, I know. Corey says, oh, yeah? And then says, well, that's cool. I like you, too. <laughs> and then Ricky says, like, How? And Corey says, I don't know, I've never done this before, which for all the subpar writing in this book, I felt was really, really sincere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just being honest and being like, I don't really know how I feel. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Ricky says he didn't know that he was gay until Delia helped him realize it. Corey says that he doesn't know whether he's gay or straight, but he's not really ready to find out. Mm, this feels like very typical closeted code for I haven't admitted to myself that I'm gay yet. So, yeah, hang in there, Ricky. Yeah. Or maybe he just genuinely like doesn't know. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's one of those things where like maybe like he likes Ricky and maybe he's attracted to him, but not sexually. Like mm -hmm. he, he likes his style and he likes hanging out with him and he has a fun time. But maybe it hasn't crossed over into that, you know, relationship right. uh, territory. Yeah. Or maybe he's just never considered it before. Yeah. And now that it's in front of him, he's like, oh, oh I've yeah. never considered that option. I don't really know how I feel about it. Yeah. So I just I really like this moment, how it's written and that it didn't go either. I'm not into guys, which yeah. I feel like would be like a super you know, Brandon Walsh, Steve Sanders, yep. 90s reaction to the situation, or that he wasn't like immediately like, I love you too. I've loved you all along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this just seems like a very, very honest... true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so Ricky says, if he's not ready, it's fine. But then inwardly says, nothing about this is fine. Mm. Oh, and I just want to rescue Ricky in this moment. <laughs> no. I know it's it's all hard enough, but then to be yeah. a young gay man is just making it that much harder for him. Yeah, and he put himself out there, and he had this very difficult conversation. Was very honest with his feelings. Yeah, and so, like I said, it's not you know you can't automatically assume that Corey's going to be like, oh my gosh, I love you too. Right. You know, it's going to be met with this sort of weird reaction. But that's also hard when you're when for anyone yeah. when you put yourself out and say like I love you, and they're just like. Thank you. <laughs> you're like, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hang in there, Ricky. Yeah. Okay, so that's the end of chapter 15. On to chapter 16. Brian tries to put distance between himself and Amber by quitting his hospital job because, you know, they, they sex raid together. <laughs> Amber is disappointed that Brian didn't brag to anyone about getting with a cougar. And she actually gives him some advice on how to bring it up with his friends without naming names. So nasty. Ew. I know. <laughs> yeah, stop it. <laughs> the two of them sort of reminisce about their sexy time while Brian tries to awkwardly reassure Amber that he's really or that he really enjoyed it <laughs> and that he doesn't have any regrets. Oh. And then his inner monologue quips, she's like my guardian angel, what? except angels don't have sex. Gross. <laughs> And Amber just went from villain to demon. 
This is disgusting. Giving him tips about how to brag to his friends that he did it with her without naming names. Like, and don't being disappointed that he hadn't told anyone. What is her life? (laughs) What is Amber's life? Poor (laughs) Rayanne. Free Rayanne. I know. I know that it's so important. Like, oh, you didn't tell anyone that we hooked up? Oh, well, here's how. (laughs) No. Uh, No. Do not incriminate yourself. Yes. Holy (laughs) moly. Seriously. And honestly, if she was, if she had like any smarts about her, which I, I always thought Amber was framed as this, I did too. Street street smart. smart. Yes. Yeah. If you slept with an underaged employee not only just like a child but an employee and then that person came to you and was like i think it's better if i quit my job like takes the mature high road you'd be like yes go like cut ties get out of here (laughs) let's do that but instead she's like oh really you didn't tell anyone (laughs) (laughs) my gosh amber okay she's so far backwards there's no helping Uh, her yeah yeah um, okay, so then, <laughs> in a different scene, Rayanne is in a cab feeling alone and abandoned by her friends and her mom. She's hunting down Lewis by taking a guess uh, on a Griffith address in the phone book that sounds like it might be his neighborhood, and it's a bingo! <laughs> Good job, Rayanne. <laughs> when Lewis opens the door, Rayanne hands him a bottle of liquor and a brown paper bag and tells uh, him to get it away from her before she does something stupid. Okay. So I guess she is still on the wagon and the beers from the parking lot ladies night didn't count. Yeah. <laughs> What's what? We, uh, I don't know. Flipping flopping with this. Yeah. Rand's an alcoholic thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also off the wagon. Gosh, dang it. We figured this out <laughs> last time. Okay. So on the wagon. On the wagon is sober, right? On the wagon is sober. Off, off the, the wagon. wagon is because you messed got so up. Drunk, you fell off the wagon. So she's off the wagon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, turn the air conditioner up. Turn the air conditioner down. Which is it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Also, and maybe I just don't fully understand alcoholism, but why would she show up with liquor and then give him the responsibility of keeping her from drinking? Mm-hmm. Seems manipulative. Is this not his job? Yeah, definitely not a great first move to make on a guy yeah. that you'd like to have a relationship <laughs> with. Here, I can't be trusted. Hold this for me. Why did I bring it? I don't know. Let's just see yeah. what happens. Why am I here? I found you in the phone book. <laughs> what are you up to? Oh my gosh. All right, well... <laughs> Kind Lewis invites Rayanne inside, and she's in awe of his giant house, asking how rich his parents are and if he has a map or gives tours. So this definitely <laughs> sounds like she's setting him up to get robbed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like casing his house. Uh-huh. Uh, Lewis asks if uh, she wants to go for a drive, and Rayanne says yes, but then, uh, oh, but that she has to be back in time for opening night of The Play. But Rayanne spots a pool in the backyard and starts taking off her clothes, <laughs> saying that it might just be what she needs. <laughs> but then she stops herself, saying that uh, a drive might be a better idea. Okay. So are we seeing the emergence of a new Rayanne? Is she leaving her drinking and sexing tricks in the past? Um, this feels like a very sudden change like a screeching 180 because when Mm -hmm. she started undressing in the scene I was thinking that this was going in a very different direction Hmm. yeah 
Yeah, because it was just established that she just like uh, slept with a customer at her juice job. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all, I don't know. So. Maybe Lewis is the guy, and she feels it, and she knows she doesn't want to be that way with him. But it was. Yeah. We were definitely going in one direction. That was a very typical Rayanne thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like a very partying thing. And then yeah. all of a sudden she stops herself. So I just yeah. wonder what, what's happening yeah. here. That is interesting. Um, also, I definitely thought that Rayanne would get caught up in going for a ride with Lewis and miss the play or at least be late for it. But I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because there is a full house at opening night of the play. Walking towards wisdom. Walking in, in wisdom. In, with? with? Wisdom walks. <laughs> and everyone she knows is there, including Angela, Brian, Sharon, Mr. Katimsky, and Ted. Who's Ted? Um, Mr. <laughs> Katimsky's man, right? No? Is it? Is is he named in the book? I thought he was named in the series. No? Huh. I think that's who that is. Okay. I just realized, like, I wrote Ted in my notes. I'm like, who's Ted? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ted's there. Very important. Okay. Yeah. Ricky is a nervous wreck as he touches up Rayanne's hair and makeup, and then he and Corey stand in the wings as the curtain goes up and the play begins. (laughs) (laughs) And this chapter ends. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's opening night of the play, y'all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Spoiler, we never hear another word about what the play is about. Nope. So hope you enjoyed this very (laughs) brief description of the play that we've been hearing about this entire book, and now Uh. we just hear about the play. (laughs) All right. And now, oh, for one of the last times, we're going to pick something that we think the author got right in these chapters in our feature, I Meant Every Word. Oh, I meant every word. I mean, the person who wrote it meant every word. All right, Shannon, what did you like from chapters 15 and 16? Uh, um, well, I think it's really true to Rand's character, how she literally opened the phone book to the Griffith section. <laughs> ran her finger down the page and picked one in the nicest neighborhood and then just drove there hoping that it was Lewis. So, yep. uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. That's very indicative of her kind of things that we've seen, like where she just showed up at the restaurant, maybe hoping to get a job or showed up at Angela's house during the weekend episode when she happened to know everyone was there. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I can make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love Sharon quitting Super Saver in solidarity yes. with Ryan. Yes. That, uh, like, this is the Sharon that we know and love. Like, I know that she kind of suspected, like, mm, you might be lying at first. But then it was like, eh, I don't know. She's not lying. I can't work here anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yes, Sharon. This is Sharon. Not filling in for Brian to tutor Jordan Catalano nonsense. Like, this is the Sharon that we love. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not the Sharon who considers sleeping with some weird boy in summer school yes. because he awkwardly hits on her. Yeah. But the Sharon who stands up for her friends and her principles and her womanhood and takes a yeah. solid stand. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, man. I miss the Sharon, so it was good to see her. Cherski. 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 All right. <laughs> okay. Come back next week for our final episode. Uh-huh. Chapter 17. I know. We'll find out how the play went, kind of. (laughs) Or not. (laughs) Yeah. Where the gang is and their production of their film. And what's going on with Angela and Jordan's lukewarm relationship. (laughs) Hooray. (laughs) Talk to you guys next week. Bye. 
Join us each week for a new episode of My SoPod Life. Follow us on Instagram at My SoPod Life to check out visuals and trivia from the show. You can also get in touch with us at mysopodlife at gmail.com. And please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcastery.